For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to the Pokes cast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Casper Star Tribune. Follow all of my coverage of the Pokes at trib.com. Follow me on Twitter at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Uh, big, big show today. It's signing day, the traditional signing day for Wyoming football. Uh, pleased to welcome Alex Taylor from Wyo Sports, uh, Cody Tucker from 7220 Sports. Guys, uh, I don't know what to say about the signing day. I wasn't expecting much, but I got to say, you can feel through the Zoom, Cody, uh, kind of the mo momentum that Jay Savell and Gordy Haug and the staff are feeling right now uh, as they add six transfers, uh, three high school prospects, a couple high school walk-ons, you know, their total haul for both signing periods, 38. What really stuck out to me, Cody, and we'll see if you agree or not, is, you know, two years ago, it was all the gloom of and doom of the transfer portal. Six transfers, two guys from Power 5 programs, uh, you're even getting a transfer from Colorado State as a walk-on. I mean, Wyoming lost nothing to the portal. They're adding quite a bit, in my opinion. That, to me, and the fact that the high school recruits are of a higher caliber are the two things that really stood out to me. Yeah, Gordy Haug, you know, said it like every fan says it. It's not always greener on the other side, and uh, I think they're starting to see a little bit of that. And also, I think they're taking full advantage of the fact that a lot of Power 5 schools are going so transfer-heavy, and, and and the high school game has just been, you know, uh, not forgotten, but the high school, the develop, they don't, it's like they don't have time to develop anymore, and uh, so they're not going after those guys, and Wyoming is still taking full advantage as a development program. That hasn't changed, and they're also taking the J JC guys. Talk about the forgotten guys. It's the JC guys, and Wyoming has not been afraid of them either. So it was really nice. Uh, you know, I asked Jay last signing day, you know, I said, clearly you guys have to get a wide receiver, right? And uh, they went out and got one in TK King, who was just lightning fast. And I mean, when you're talking the, you're talking about one of the fastest guys in the state of Texas, that's in other words, one of the fastest guys in the world. So uh, they're really excited about this guy. And, uh, I just think the class as a whole is really impressive. Uh, what do you say? 38 guys they got out of 41 guys who visited. That says a lot about Wyoming. That says a lot about Jason Bell. And, and I wrote a column two weeks ago about it. He's pushing all the right buttons so far. And that continues today. Yeah, Alex, uh, two power five transfers. You know, the aforementioned TK King from Texas Tech, 10-2 uh, in the 100 meters. You know, Jay Savell wants explosive guys. You know, he said, you know, it's easy to be happy now and excited. I've been watching him run. We'll see how they do in spring ball. But that kind of speed is hard to find, especially at Wyoming. And, uh, you know, that's an exciting weapon for Evans Voboda. Uh, the other guy, DJ Jones from North Carolina, you know, uh, touted running back coming out of high school, 
North Carolina moved him to DB last year, but uh, connections with Oscar Giles, who we'll get into later, but uh, two very talented skill players uh, for Evans Voboda to work with, Alex. Yeah, I was. Uh, it was interesting what uh, Savell said today about and Gordy about this Jones guy. I mean, obviously he sees him. Uh, you saw it last year with that year, but like just getting these grad transfers in. I mean, obviously he's only got one year left to come in and take some of that load off of Harrison Whaley. Uh, obviously, we'll see about uh, McNeely's recovery, but I'm curious how that the backfield kind of uh, shakes out. I'm sure we'll get to see some of that in spring and then obviously in the fall, but between him and um, King, I mean, I talked to King and I'm sure he felt a little underutilized at Texas tech. Obviously didn't see the field. Um, and that, I mean, talking to him, he was like, I want to be, I came here cause I wanted to play for Mike Grant. And I saw how, what Mike Grant did for Ayer Asante last year. And um, so I'm curious, I mean, obviously it's it's very very similar to Asante last year where he's coming in and hopefully he can make an impact right away because they like you said they need those big play ability guys especially I mean I could see him playing in the slot with that speed for sure. Cody, uh, two great anecdotes I loved uh, about this whole thing. You mentioned the hit rate, uh, the official visitors they had they hit on seventy eight percent of them are now going to be in the program. I love that uh, Jay noted, Jay Savell noted that uh, both King and Jones visited during that weekend when it was minus 20 in Laramie and still are coming to Laramie from Lubbock and North Carolina, two warm places. Uh, so that's cool. And, and also, you know, he mentioned that the seven home games last year is when a lot of these visits started. And I kind of view Wyoming football right now in this portal era, this NIL era, it's kind of a yin and yang with basketball. Basketball is struggling to draw fans. They're struggling to keep players. Uh, New Mexico's NIL for hoops is around a million dollars. We confirmed that with Jeff Grammer the other night. Whereas football, it doesn't seem to be hurting Wyoming football. They have all these guys committed, all these transfers coming and there's just a real momentum. And uh, if you could just speak to that, Cody, like I just find that very interesting that football is thriving right now, Wyoming, and Jeff Linder's kind of up against it with this new system. Yeah, I don't I don't think I mean we obviously know with Craig Bull in NIL was not at the top of his list by any stretch. And I guess it's important, but I don't think they're going after guys that it's important to. And I think, too, uh, we're seeing a lot of Wyoming guys in the NFL, like an Evan Eller who's coming here, no doubt, because of the success of Wyoming linebackers. And here's Easton Gibbs getting ready to go to the combine. Who would have thought? So I think that's playing a role. And I think <laughs> I loved I loved how he talked about the fans because, you know what, it was electric. Uh, we all talked about it in the car ride the other day to Colorado Springs. What atmosphere in the Mountain West is more electric than Wyoming right now? I would argue there's not one. Uh, when they played Colorado State on a Friday night, yes, you look at the numbers and you go, oh, 26,000. That's 26,000 engaged people who are going absolutely ballistic. And these guys are looking around on the sidelines on their visits, just going, "Wow, man, this place—they care." And we heard about we heard Joey McGuire say it after the Texas Tech game. 
He's like, man, you could have fooled me that there was only 29,000 people in this place. Uh, it sounded like 80. Uh, and uh, make no mistake, Wyoming fans made a big difference in the win column this year. Yeah, Cody, I want to stick with you. I mean, you used to cover preps in Houston. Uh, we don't have to go over every guy in the whole list, but Marquis Grant uh, is a freshman they've got coming in, a cornerback from Houston. You can name the schools, Power 5, Mountain West. He was recruited by everybody. Kind of interesting that he signed in December, wanted to keep it quiet so he could have his traditional February announcement, you know, at his high school or whatever, but this is what I'm talking about. They're getting higher level high school guys, not just these transfers coming in from power five, but this is a kid who would not have considered Wyoming three, four years ago. Yeah. And you know, Wyoming's not luring them with money or promises of riches by any stretch. They probably said, Hey man, uh corner. If any spot we have on our team right now is wide open, uh, you can come in and if you can make an impact right away, you can play. And Savell talked about it today. If he's there maturity-wise, uh, he's there in every other way he thinks. But if he's there maturity-wise, well, there's no reason he doesn't play. And for some of these cats, maybe that's a big deal. You know, all these kids are so different. You know, can I play right away? Uh, will I make any money? And I, I can imagine a guy saying, how much money am I going to make with turning the staff off immediately? They're just getting some football players, man. And, and Craig Bull found all those diamonds in the rough and, and made the – walk-on program so important at this university just like it was at nebraska in its heyday and uh i think it's paying off man they're just going out and they're getting football players and the guys who aren't football players and bought in and are thinking about nil they weed themselves out as we've seen yeah alex you asked uh jay kind of what is the offense going to look like with new offensive coordinator jay johnson uh which kind of allowed Savell to defend that hire a little bit. You know, obviously, Jay Johnson, if you're a Michigan State fan and, and Savell kind of trashed their mes message boards a little bit, I don't know if he's actually looking at them, but obviously they had a rough year last year, a lot of circumstances with Mel uh, Tucker leaving and, and all that stuff. But uh, it sounds to me like, number one, he targeted him because they have familiarity. They'd work together in Minnesota, but also – this guy is known for developing quarterbacks. And I get the sense that like we've talked about, they sense that Evans Voboda is a very special talent. So that's number one. And then number two, uh, this guy will run the ball. If that's what's working, he'll pass the ball if that's what's necessary. So perhaps finally, after all these years, and we won't know until August 31st, but uh, this balance that Wyoming fans have been craving could be there just, Alex, just your thoughts on Savell's uh, defense of Jay Johnson. Yeah, uh, sounds. I mean, I, he said the word balance, and uh, I, I think that's. I don't think Wyoming fans have been calling for to go back to a spread offense anytime soon or anything like that. But I mean, even just, I think Jay threw out a number. What he said, like two, two fifty, two eighty, or passing yards a game that they had while having Kenneth Walker rush for 16 1700 yards so, i mean i think i think you're gonna see Savota have more of an opportunity to show what he's able to do more than maybe peasley had the last two seasons with the offensive staff but i think if i'm a wyoming fan i mean that gives me reason to be optimistic about the offense just the way like i said just them finding a balance and 
I mean, we've been talking about all off season, but they really went out in this recruiting class and filled the needs that the offense had specifically, like Cody said, wide receivers, obviously you got some walk-ons at, at uh, the offensive line for the next couple of years. But uh, I think he, I mean, he's kind of alluded to not reinventing the wheel by any means, but as long as you can maybe do a little better on third, third down. Uh, and I think that obviously comes down to the passing game and what Jay Johnson's able to show that he could do here. Cody, right. what, I love, what I would love about Saville, you know, he's so approachable and he's so blunt and he's so honest. And, uh, you know, he basically, you know, told you at the basketball game that Oscar Giles is leaving, going back to Houston. I don't think that's a huge surprise that he would go back to Texas, but he was such a valuable member of the staff for two years. Uh, and Jay told you he's going to replace him with Jeff Phelps. We also worked with at Minnesota, who was at North Dakota State last year. So they're losing Oscar Giles, the defensive tackles coach, uh, adding Jeff Phelps. Uh, interestingly, Giles helped them get DJ Jones from North Carolina on his way out the door. So obviously it's a it's it's a win-win. I mean, there's no hard feelings there or anything like that. But just your thoughts on this coaching staff as a whole. Obviously, we know Aaron Bull will be the D.C., uh, Jason Petrino is coming back to the program to be the safeties coach. I mean, there's some shakeup, there's some newness, but I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, I'm really, I'm actually really impressed with it. Uh, Jason Petrino, I think could be that underlying really big hire. I mean, this guy's been a head coach. He's been to DC. He's kind of done it all. And now he's just going to focus on the safeties, but he's also going to be able to give some input. And, uh, last night in talking to Savell, um, he's not worried one iota about Aaron Bull being the defensive coordinator. He said, man, that guy would come into timeouts, uh, you know, obviously on the headset because he was up in the booth and he, you know, Jay would say ideas and he'd go, damn, Aaron's, that's a really good idea. I mean, the guy was raised in the same house with the defensive coordinator for the black shirts of Nebraska, uh, not to mention spent four years under Savell himself. So, uh, Jay Johnson, I thought Michigan, you know, obviously covering Michigan State in the past, believe it or not, fans, uh, Michigan State fans are uh, more cynical than you uh, <laughs> by a long shot. Um, Jay Johnson came into Michigan State during COVID uh, and he left with, like Jay Savell said today, uh, they're lucky they won a game last year and they pulled it together and won what, four or five. So, um, I, I, you're not, you don't, you're not a finalist for the Broyles award on accident. So uh, really like those hires. And then Jeff Phelps looking into him last night, he, uh, you know, he spent six years under Mike Leach and Mike Leach took it. He sought him out at Minnesota and wanted him in, in Pullman with him. And then he took him to Starkville with him. And, you know, unfortunately after Mike passed, he kind of got thrown into the lurch and ended up at North Dakota state, which we know is a great program for its level. So um, the big concern, I guess, with Oscar Giles is probably the Texas recruiting part. Uh, but if you noticed on Twitter this offseason, Brian Hendricks and Shannon Moore have really been hitting the Lone Star State hard. So I think Jay knew this move was coming, knew that it was going to happen and said, I wouldn't be surprised at all, guys, if Oscar even aided in helping Shannon Moore and Brian Hendricks and opening some doors for those guys. Yeah, I was just going to say that if there's any guys Houston isn't going to take that or more Mountain West type guys, I, I'm sure Oscar will lead them to Laramie. Yep. One thing that won't change under Jay Savell is the walk-on program. 
Uh, I did a story this week on Spencer Rathbun, uh, legacy recruit, son of Rob Rathbun, the center on the 96 team. Uh, he's a preferred walk-on from Highlands Ranch, Colorado. <clears throat> that was announced Wednesday, along with Caleb Hall, another offensive lineman, who Gordy said basically – if there was no portal and all these teams focusing on portal, this guy would be a scholarship player somewhere. He's walking on at Wyoming. And then another interesting one, Alex, uh, uh, Clay Nanke, is that how you pronounce it? He's a tight end transferring from Colorado State to Wyoming, a tight end that Wyoming wanted out of high school. Now he's going to walk on at Wyoming. So, uh, Alex, I know you've uh, covered high schools in Wyoming for a while and uh, have appreciation for – that sort of development, just your thoughts on Savell's walk-ons this, this cycle. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I had asked him about it, like, because Craig Bull obviously kind of made a name for himself just with that, taking that untraditional walk-on to scholarship. I think he had around, during his 10 years, he had promoted, I think, what, around 50 guys from walk-on to scholarship at his time at Wyoming. And I, I asked Jerry, like, are you – how important is it for you to kind of continue that tradition? And, and obviously you said it's super important for, especially like Cody said, a developmental school like Wyoming, uh, you get guy. And like you mentioned the, the offensive lineman hall, he, he would have been on a scholarship probably two, three years ago if it wasn't for the transfer portal. So I think a school like Wyoming, you look at a guy like Wyatt Wheel in the last couple of years where he came here as a walk-on and, Proved it every day in special teams and practice. And then obviously you promote the guy and he's ends up being your number one wide receiver as a, a six year senior. But um, I, it's, it's interesting, especially uh, I know going back to the kind of the early signing period, there was a couple of Wyoming guys um, that got that uh, preferred walk on uh, opportunity. And it's just, it kind of just opens up um I know they have uh, the coaching staff likes to say they like to treat everybody in the program the same, whether you're on a, a scholarship or if you're a walkout. And I think that goes a long way in, in building the locker room together as as the season kind of goes along. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Rathbun would have come here regardless because he's a poke for life, as Gordy said. But, you know, he mentioned that wall in the in the in the train in the room where they have all the walk-ons that have earned scholarships, you know, Marcus Epps is on there <laughs> making a lot of money in the NFL. So uh, they know that just because you enter as a walk-on doesn't mean you don't leave on scholarship or into the NFL draft even. So Cody, it's funny because Gordy joked that, you know, with Nanke, he was teasing him during the, the recruiting process. Probably he wouldn't say what the jokes were, but I'm guessing it was, Hey, you want to come touch the boot? You better come to Wyoming. Right? <laughs> that would have been a good one. Um, I, I'm sure he said a lot of colorful things. It's it's interesting, man. I'll never forget going on Twitter when Wyoming was losing all those players after 2021. And you see a tweet from Rome Weber saying, you know, thank you to CSU for offering. And you're just like, oh, my God, like this is already <laughs> bad. This is just going to get a hell of a lot worse here. But the one thing I, I think we can take out of today and the first signing period, guys, is, uh, you know, it's really about relationships. We heard that story about DJ Jones and and how Oscar Giles knows Mac Brown and, you know, into the story. They were looking at some other running back and he said, what about this guy? Um, 
you know, you guys brought up Caleb Hall. Uh, you know, Jay Savell was a grad assistant with his father at Notre Dame, and the mother worked in the athletic department. He told me last night she's five foot eleven. He was six foot five. Uh, he said Caleb's just not a big kid, right? Not a big kid right now. But when he fills in, man, he could be scary good. So you're just you're talking about a ton of relationships that have been built. You know, this is a team that went through a coaching change. <laughs> And they're losing nobody in the portal, and they lost virtually nobody on their initial recruiting class. And uh, I just think that speaks absolute volumes. Jay Savell said it 100 times. This was Wyoming's recruiting class. And uh, they weren't coming here for a coach. They're coming here for another reason. What's that reason? I think it's the potential to get in the NFL. I think it's the potential to play in front of great fans and a great atmosphere on national TV. And I think it's a – they see that this team's really close. You were talking about, you know, not reinventing the wheel. I don't think any of us ever wanted Craig Bull to reinvent the wheel. You just wonder how you can have consistent thousand-yard backs, and that's not opening up anything in the passing game. Uh, you know, that's what you would hope that, you know, Kenneth Walker opened up things in the passing game at Michigan State. You would hope that's something, and to me, I'm mind-boggled that that hasn't happened over the last decade. Of course, uh, Cody made a great point to Jay that, uh, you know, all these players we're talking about right now, they're they're going to be, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out in spring and then how the freshmen develop and that sort of thing. But Wyoming unofficially adds Alex Brown, uh, Bert Noli, and Suyanoa, two defensive rock stars, are coming back as super seniors I mean, Alex. Let's start with uh, Alex Brown and the and the receiving possibilities there. I mean, we talked about T.K. King. We know about Caleb Merritt and Jalen Sargent and Devin Body, uh, and now you have Alex Brown, who we've always said just oozes talent. He's like the first guy you want off the bus, and I I really liked that Jay said as a head coach, this is a guy I'm going to cheerlead for and root to have a huge super senior season we saw the border war catch two years ago and unfortunately the drop in the arizona bowl he just needs to put some consistency together and he could be wr1 in theory yeah i think jay kind of he didn't say it but he kind of alluded to how alex brown kind of came up to him um and said i i want to i want to go out on a high note i want my i want to have a good last year and obviously he did not have uh a good last year. And I think that kind of factors into his decision to come back a little bit, but with all the wide receivers that are leaving, I mean, we've seen, he's, I think between him and Caden Lawford and Boise, I think they're two of the tallest, most built wide receivers in that room. And I think while his catches, obviously his career numbers don't jump off at you for sure. I mean, just the experience of being in that offense, catching balls from Savota, uh, I think he should have a, a much bigger role in the rotation um, this time around. And I, I, like you said, I think it's my favorite uh, Salvel quote so far. It was when it, in his opening press conference where he said that Bull basically ran the first three laps in a four by 400 and he's just got to take the baton and finish out the race. And I think what we've seen over the last two months since he took over is just that. I mean, like you said, not reinventing anything, just kind of adding the pieces to hopefully compete for that, that Mountain West championship. Yeah, Cody. I mean, nine returning starters on defense now from the Arizona bowl, 
I mean, Jordan Bernoulli is an all Mountain West guy. If he's healthy, he was nicked up at the end, end of the year. Shea Suyanoa is going to move to middle linebacker. Uh, you mentioned Evan Eller, the VMI transfer, one of the most productive defensive players at the FCS level. He's going to come in and compete at linebacker. I mean, really, with Gavin Meyer coming back, you're going to miss Cole Goodbow. He was a warrior, but you've pretty much got everybody back. Now, Ja'Cory Hawkins will be missed, but, I mean, it's college football. To only lose really one or two guys off your defense is remarkable. You mentioned you have a lot of confidence in Aaron Bull. I mean, how do you see this defense kind of stepping it up another level this coming season? Yeah, I mean, do you remember this time last year, Ryan, when we said there's no – Cole Goodbow and Jordan Bertinoli might be the best defensive tackles in the country, not even just in the Mountain West Conference. I don't think that changes up a bit when you talk about Gavin Meyer and Bertinoli, and that's really where it starts, right down the middle. I think Shea Suyanoa, man, he he didn't play for his first three years in, in, on campus. He's virtually pretty new, so – He's going to move over to the middle, which is natural, and I love it. I'm really intrigued by Evan Eller, and if he's going to push those guys on the outside, the the Connor Shays and the and the Cole DeMarzos of the world, really excited to see what he can do. I guess you know, and, and obviously keeping with the theme of up the middle, Isaac White and Wyatt Eckler are, are rock solid back there. I think they're working their way to becoming all Mountain West guys as well. It's the corner spot where, you know, maybe you just don't know. Uh, Tyreekus Davis, I think, man, he can tackle. I think that dude's really got a high compete level, really like him. And this is where it may be a chance where a Marky, uh, Marky Grant can step in. But they're really excited about Keani Parks, who's moving out there. And there's some other guy. Ian Bell got some playing time. Uh, but where I think I want to see the most improvement, and I think it's there, is at the edge rusher spot. And talking to Savell last night, he said – you know, not to make the excuse, because I literally said, I thought I expected more out of your defensive ends. And he said, Devon Harris was not fully healthy all year. We know Sebastian Harsh wasn't fully healthy. Uh, Braden Siders was not either. So those guys healthy going through a full off season, you know, Sebastian Harsh obviously has had all kinds of troubles, but get those guys back, get those guys healthy. And if you're rushing the passer and you're putting pressure on that guy, that's just going to help your young cornerbacks grow up even quicker. Alex, Cody mentioning the the corners and the defensive ends just kind of leads me to back to the portal. I and mean, we've talked about all the guys they've added. They've really lost nothing. I mean, they Keelan Cox was in the portal briefly. He's coming back as a walk-on. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously DQ James was kicked off the team. You know, I, I think we all know you know, that the cornerback that left for Vanderbilt was already benched and probably on his way out anyway. I mean, I I can't believe how little Wyoming has lost, Alex. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to be the norm for the next five years, but like Jay said, we got to seize on this moment right now and live in this moment. Well, and I think, I think that's, you're seeing the, the ripple effects of hiring within, uh, obviously keeping, maintaining the majority of your coaching staff, obviously promoting Savell versus hiring an outside guy that influenced a ton of these guys coming back. I mean, you haven't seen, like you said, Colby Taylor was really the only player that had significant playing time that, that left. But I think if you're a player and you obviously coach bull, it was nearing the end of his career. You kind of had an idea that he was thinking about retirement and then you, you kind of, hire your defensive coordinator i think that has 
influenced a lot of these guys to come back. And like you said, I mean, it's kind of that run it back mentality of we were, we had all the pieces. We just kind of fell apart there in the middle of the season on the, on the road. And uh, that's the thing with, especially with these COVID years where you kind of have the, a lot of these guys have the option of, do I want to come back? Like Bertinoli, I, I want to come back and, I like Alex Brown. I want to have a good final season. And I think Salvell keeping the majority of that coaching staff together is what influenced a lot of those guys. Cody, how much do you think, especially on offense, how much do you think it is a lot of these guys have got a up close and personal look at Evans Voboda and are like, I want to be around number 17 and see if he's like another, another number 17 at Wyoming. <laughs> Well, I think we heard it from Andrew Peasley at the end of last year. He was just like, you know, I've been around some special quarterbacks and Jordan Love, and he said he took his recruiting trip to Utah State, and they were playing Wyoming, and it was Jordan Love versus Josh Allen. He named the third guy he named in that list was Evan Svoboda. That's, that's you know, high company, especially for your backup, a guy who potentially would take your job, and a, a guy who the fans were chirping for to take Peasley's job. So... I, yeah, I think that had a lot to do with it. I think he's really good, and I think there's a lot of really good arms in that in that uh, quarterback room. So it probably had something to do with it, but honestly, I think – let's be real. Uh, Craig Bull was the CEO. Maybe not a guy who's going to sit with you and be like, how's your mom? You know, how how's your hometown? You know, did you have a good winter break? Uh, Jay Savell is that guy. And, I mean, let's – if you were a player, Ryan, wouldn't you want a coach who's going to say stuff like that and you know genuinely cares? You brought it up. And I'm not saying Bull didn't genuinely care, but you brought it up. When he said the coolest thing I thought I took out of today was I am going to be Alex Brown's biggest cheerleader. I'm going to be behind him. Now I'm in a position where I can be like, hey, man, turn it up a notch. I'm going to be your number one fan and I'm going to be on you in a positive way and, and be your biggest fan. So I, I thought that was tremendous. And I think that's really something that can put Alex Brown over the top. Yeah. I think Evans Faboda and his connection with the receivers is probably my number one storyline going into spring practice. Uh, Alex uh, spring practice Saville announced, you know, begins March 26th, uh, April 6th and April 13th. Those practices will be open to the general public uh, I'm not sure what fields those will be on, but we'll announce that as it gets closer. And then obviously April 27th, the spring game will be in Cheyenne due to the uh, renovations at War Memorial Stadium. I mean, there's so many storylines. What are you most looking forward to, you know, writing about this spring, Alex? Uh, well, this Wyoming has been my only college beat. So in my entire journalism career, I've never watched a college practice. So <laughs> I'm uh, excited to check that box, uh, but I think uh, actually getting into practice, I mean, obviously Savota seems to have a pretty good grip on, on the number one job, but I think I, I'm curious how, how they kind of go about the backup battle. I mean, obviously you got Caden Anderson, Jaden Clemens is, I, I'm assuming coming back and Carson May, the Iowa guy. I, I mean, he, it's, and then they signed uh, Batiste, the, he was in the early signing class. So, I mean, like Cody said, I mean, there's a ton of ton of talent in that room. It's not all proven at the college level, but I think Savota's experience in the offense is going to kind of trickle down to those other guys. I'm curious about who kind of steps up and, and I, I don't want to say challenges him, but kind of 
pushes in that room and solidifies that number two spot. And then obviously I asked Salvell today about the punter situation, which he said I'm not uh, not underplaying the importance of it, but we might slide uh, the Cheyenne South, Keelan Anderson, the place kicker that's um, that's coming from Cheyenne. Uh, he might slide over and try out the old punting boot. So those are kind of my two that are sticking out right now. Yeah, Cody, it's kind of remarkable when you think about, you know, what John Hoyland did in the Arizona Bowl. I know there was a lot of concern about the guy going into that game. Now, if he's back on track as an elite place kicker, really, there's not a lot of weaknesses on this team. Uh, it's not often you say, well, what about punter? That could be a weakness. I mean, that's usually way down the line. That will be something they'll need to address. But the other cool thing about bringing in seven transfers, they're all on campus right now going through winter conditioning. They'll be at spring. Uh, they'll be big storylines. Uh, just, you know, I'm sure you have a long list, Cody, but what's at the top? Huh. Alex took it. It's Foboda. It's, you know, I want to see what he can do, but I also want to see what these wide receivers are going to look like. Ask Sawville today. Are you happy with where your receiving core is. They lost a lot, guys. They lost a ton out of that receiving room. And and not that they were all putting up huge numbers by any means, but they lost a ton of experience. So I'm looking forward to that. And then, yeah, the it's, it's funny to joke about, but yeah, the punter. Uh, Clayton Stewart, unfortunately, <laughs> spent his last career college game getting absolutely chewed upside <laughs> one side and down the other for a poor performance in Tucson. Uh and, you know, Savell said last night, we're going to try Keelan Anderson. But he said, man, he punted at Sal, too, which obviously we know around here, South punts a lot. <laughs> uh, but he said half the time they couldn't even get the the snap back to him and, and guys <laughs> over him. So imagine what Keelan Anderson and that big leg can do if he actually receives the punt and has time to get it off. So I'm excited about that. But, you know, just the new faces, uh, really the new faces, but – 100%, I think the fans' focus is going to be on Evan Svoboda, and rightfully so. We've seen people with their weird, way-too-early predictions about the Mountain West this year having Wyoming at like 7, 8. And the only thing, the only excuse I can give these people is that they don't know what Evan Svoboda looks like, and we really don't either. Uh, so I'm really excited to see what he can do and, and see what he can do with a real game plan, kind of a la what we saw in, in Austin but really see him do that and not just come in with running packages, actually command this offense. Yeah, just to to close it first full circle, I, I just feel like there's a lot of momentum for this program going into the spring. Uh, I look forward to uh, actually getting a peep, like Alex said, and see you know what that accuracy looks like, what the punter looks like, uh, what how fast T, TK uh, appears to be and all those sort of things. So, Guys, thanks so much for joining. Uh, we have uh, really all three beat writers here on one pod, so I hope the fans enjoyed that. Uh, you know, it should be fun. I look forward to uh, covering this team with you guys this spring. Absolutely. Thanks for having us. Yeah, looking forward to it, man. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure you subscribe, tell a friend, and we'll talk to you soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.